Thank you so much. Praise God. You may be seated. God bless you. I'm privileged to be here with you this morning. You know, uh, I want to take this moment to acknowledge that today is Multicultural Sunday. And it's always a sign that this is a church that it's open and reaches out to the nations. As you celebrate this day, take advantage of the fellowship and make sure that you don't leave this place without at least getting the goodies out there and also appreciating the fact that you are a very unique and special church that God has called to reach the nations and also celebrate cultures. We thank God for that. And we pray this morning as Pastor Frank ministers that the Lord will use him mightily and supernaturally. That is our prayer. So Father, we thank you this morning. We give you glory, we give you praise, and we ask that you use your servant as ministers to your people. We thank you for those of us here this morning. We ask you to speak to us in very special and direct ways. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And every believer say, Amen. Amen. It's interesting that today I'll be talking about prayer. There's so many things about prayer, many, many, many deep truths about prayer. And I would say that I can only at least elaborate on 12 most important prayers in the Bible, which if you can at least um, get hold of the whole 11, you do the whole 12, you do great. If you can take 11, you'll be doing just as great. But make sure you make notes and listen very carefully as we talk about prayer. There's such a thing as people who are so connected to God that even their faintest whisper gets an answer from God. And there are those who may pray or speak or shout all day and their prayers shouting and screaming can only touch the ceiling but never go further than the ceiling. Why is it that some people pray and they get results and others pray and they get no results? In fact, there's one instance that Jesus made this clear distinction when his disciples were confronted with a lad that was demon-possessed that needed deliverance. When Jesus came out, he said, How long will I be with you? And even when I had to say, you perverse generation, you are not learning anything. Bring that lad to me. And he rebuked that spirit out of the child. And the child was well. The disciples came back to him privately and said, how come we couldn't do this? And he made this statement. He said, this kind goeth not, but by prayer and fasting. He's the word prayer and fasting. So it's very critical. We look at prayer. And look at the impact of prayer in the life of an individual. Prayer is not only for believers. Prayer is for everybody. Prayer is not only for those who are righteous. 
But prayer is even encouraged to be said on those or for or behalf of those who even don't know or love God in any way. The Bible says that pray for your enemies. That means everyone can benefit from prayer. But those who know how to pray are the people who benefit the most. Let us explain what prayer is. Then I will make one or two scriptures. But I want to make this point. It's, it will take, in fact, this will take about a month to teach you it all. But let me make this point. What is prayer? What is prayer? What is prayer? And how can we even pray? The disciples asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. What is prayer? What is prayer? It's interesting that there are those who can pray and things just change before your own eyes. There are those who can pray and the earth will shake. There are those who pray and the elements, the wind, the moon, the stars, will stay still. And we are even told that if you have certain element in you, you can pray and you will instruct mountains that had existed for 70 million years to move. And they would obey you. How come that there are people had this power? Or people experience such? And in our day and time, serving the same God. Because we are not children of a lesser God. We are all children of the same God. But how come that they had that experience? That they would speak. And things happen. But it's good for us to qualify what prayer is. What is prayer after all? Prayer is simply a deep conversation with God. Prayer also can be described as conversation, I mean, not only a deep conversation, but also a dialogue, having a dialogue with God. Prayer also can be referred to as having a discussion with God. Prayer can also be referred to as entreating God. It can also be referred to as reasoning with God. And also it can be referred to as bonding with God. The amazing thing is prayer is a two-way thing and not just a one-way thing. It's a two-way thing. If you understand this element your relationship with God will be amazing. Prayer is not a one-way thing. It's a two-way thing. So if you have to put it in everyday language, prayer is the art of perfect communication. When you know how to communicate, you can get so much information in just as to get information out. People who know how to communicate They don't communicate only with words. They communicate with thoughts and expressions. And also they communicate with attentiveness. 
And they can be in your company and you will not know what hits you, but you can tell them your whole life story without them just saying a single word to you. And anything they say, be it okay, go a long way in your life. Prayer is communication, conversation, dialogue, entreating, chatting, bonding with God. You know how boring it is? There are some people when you have come around you, you just get up and walk off. Or when you see them coming, you engage with others just to get distracted. Why? Because you know that they will talk your head off. They say so much, but they say nothing. And half of what they say is nothing but nonsense said in nice ways. With good words all put together. Case in point. Hey, how are you doing? I saw yesterday. How do they? How do they? They keep talking, 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 talking. And when they finish, they just walk off. Without hearing you say anything to them in return. This morning, they... Prayer has become that way. We go to God and we run all of our mouths. And God never get the chance to put in a single word and to even tell us that what you've said I've heard or what you requested, I'm about to work on it. Or what you've asked is already done. Just turn this way and you find the results. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, and we go through all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Then we move to the next subject. That is the wrong way of communication. If you happen to be married to someone who doesn't listen, but that's all the talking, you are just going to have a a, a divorce. You may live together as roommates, but you'll be divorced emotionally, mentally, and physically. There are so many Christians who are in the same house with God, but they're divorced. Why? Because they are not chatting correctly. Communication is not going on right. They are not really listening to God. Because prayer is not you doing all the talking, but letting God also put in a word of assurance, confirmation, balance, correction, and putting you in the right path. That's what prayer is. Can I have a good amen? Now, prayer is something that the Bible says should be done consistently. That's why 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. Don't cease, don't stop it. It's a continuous thing. Pray without ceasing. Now, this is where I, I came here once and I was teaching And I said to you, learn how to pray with your eyes open. And I know so many people have problems with it because religiously, we have trained ourselves to have our eyes closed when we're talking to God. God is not a magician. That you have your eyes closed. That when you open your eyes, the thing is done. Listen, the Bible says that pray without season. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. And if you say pray without season, that means you don't have to live your life with your eyes closed, without season, all day. You'll be bumping, running into things. Learn how to talk to God with your eyes open. When you are driving, you are praying. When you're taking a shower, you're praying. When you're at work, you're praying. I mean, you can pray at all times, pray without ceasing, and you can do it with your eyes open. 
So for me, prayer is not very simple. You don't have, and if you, if you, if, if you find a person who have, this, who have literally find the secrets of talking to God, it becomes conversational. So Lord, um, what direction should I take this morning? I need your direction. Amen. And when you speak to him, you wait for him to speak back to you. That's what prayer does. God has to talk back to you. Because it is not what you say that is more important. And because in the first place, he knows all of your needs before you pray. But he's engaging you to become sure that what your needs are is exactly what you are repeating. Because repetition is helpful. Lord, you know, I'm, I'm troubled. What do I do? Be calm. The battle is not yours. The battle is mine. You know, don't be afraid. You are not going to be put in shame. Go and face that situation. And when you get there, I will just tell you what to say at the right time. Don't plan it. Don't think about it. I'll make it so simple. So when you are there, I will just speak through you. That's how prayer works. Pray without ceasing. I always know how to use God's telephone number. Because I have God's telephone number. If you are the wedding, you may have heard me mention it. You know, God's telephone number is simple. It's PS5015. That's God's telephone number. That is Psalm 50, verse 15. And you know what the telephone says? You see, telephone is not for gossip. Telephone is for important conversation. Psalm 50, verse 15 says, Call upon me in the days of trouble. And I shall deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. Amen. And we are always in trouble. We are always in trouble. Always. We are always in trouble, just like a baby. Every child, as sweet as they are, put them down, and they're going to get into trouble. Some of them will go into your closet and do things in your closet that will be shocked. They're always in trouble. So what do you do? You keep your eyes on your kids, especially when you know they are active. No, 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 oh, that's my child. You are not going to punish a child. No, no, I just want to protect this child because this child can go anywhere. In fact, he can get into this uh, uh, water, get drowned, get into this fire. Call upon God. That's what he says. Call upon me in the days of trouble. As I deliver you, it's part of right. Then there's something also that tells us in James chapter 5, verse 16. 16b, it says, the effectual fervent prayer. The effectual fervent prayer. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, for that matter, avails much. It's all prayer. Now, what do you think is the devil's Preoccupation. The devil's preoccupation is to keep you from prayer. Because he knows that if you keep talking to God, you discover the things that he's trying to hide from you. Or you would literally find him out. And that you'll be able to know how to stop him. Or you'll be able to resolve the most challenging Things that your life faces. Because now, through prayer, you know what is going on. 
A key scripture I would like to use is 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. Then I'll quickly give you the 12 types of prayers. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. What does it say? 1 Timothy 2 1. This is what it says. It says, therefore, I exalt first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. That means prayer is not just for the people you like. You pray for people who don't like you. Including the people you used to like. But so much offense in such a way that now you even don't like them. Pray for them. <coughs> Excuse me. He used the word supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks to be made. <coughs> and giving of thanks to be made. Please can I have some water. <coughs> Supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks to be made for all men. Now, why will it say that I exalt first of all? It means it's important. It's important that first of all, you and I... have to engage in supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks for all people or for all men. Thank you. Just Brian. Brian? Brian. (laughs) You see, spiritually, God calls most of you and you walk away. (laughs) You see the prayer thing? He gave me water. He didn't wait for instruction. Then he kept going. <laughs> I'm calling him Brian. Brian, and he's walking. That's what we do in prayer. We do all the talking and walk off. Because I hear you. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And we keep moving. I prayerfully entreat you. Keep eye on me. And if I need it, you come again. You got it? You got it? <laughs> So the first prayer I would like to mention is a prayer of supplication. Write it down. The prayer of supplication. We all have to understand that we are encouraged to literally engage in supplication. What is supplication or the prayer of supplication? The prayer of supplication literally means asking, asking God, asking God. Learn how to ask God things with earnesty. And also with humility. You don't go to God as if you are the boss. You go to him as the son or daughter. You entreat him. Not only that, you ask very earnestly, sincerely. When you go to God, you don't go out there and pretend you got everything together. You go out there and you make yourself so exposed before him, but yet in humility. That's what supplication is. That's what supplication is. That's what the Bible says. Be anxious for nothing. 
Don't be anxious. So many people are nervous because they are anxious. Anxiety will make you nervous. Stop being nervous. You're so nervous. You've bitten all your nails. Very soon you be biting all your toes. You're nervous. You're nervous. I mean, oh, my, my, my mother died. My uncle died. My sister died when they were 55 years old. And I'm now uh, 53. I, I'm wondering if I only have two years. Stop being anxious. We are so anxious. And that is why our world is messed up. People put us in the state of anxiety. People can project their fear in you, their doubts in you, and you will spend your time spinning, spinning, spinning. Hey, I hear this is happening. I hear this is happening. And most of it is what? Hoax. Don't be anxious. Act like Paul. Even though it's been announced that you'll be killed the next day, be singing in the night. Because from the night to the morning, there are so many hours in between. And God can work at a twinkle or a snap of a finger. So don't be anxious for anything. Stop being anxious. I'm anxious about this. I'm anxious about our health. I'm anxious about the bills. I'm anxious about this. I mean, stop. I mean, get into supplication, humility. God, you know where I am. It's very tough and difficult. Don't just, just explain to him why you said it's tough. You know, I've not been able to go with this way down this, this, this. Lord, I need you. With all humility, Lord, I want you to intervene. Be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. If you want the peace of God, which passes all understanding, which passes all understanding, which passes all understanding, you can't figure it out. Why are you able to sleep in the lion's den when you know that the lion has been so hungry for months and weeks and about to consume you? I know that the lions are not looking for my meat. Why? Because my meat is not sufficient. My God shall supply the lion's meat. By the time the king shows up the next morning, stop being anxious. That's one of the prayers, one of the most important prayers you have to learn. The prayer of what? Supplication. The prayer of supplication. Number two is a prayer of intercession. Prayer of intercession. This is very critical. Intercession, any person who is an intercessor is someone God trusts. Let me say it again. An intercessor is someone that God trusts. That God uses him or her in his physical absence. To be a go-between, intercede. That's what Jesus did. He's a go-between, mediator. One who intercept, intercede for you. An intercessor is someone who has compassion and cares for people. And guess what? You always see women in intercessory ministry. What are the men? They don't show up. Because most men are black and white. Tight, tough. Tooth for a tooth. I mean, have you ever been at the airport and you see men using the stall in the bathroom? They walk in there, they don't look at anybody, they stand there and just do their thing. They, don't, they even don't care what's going on around them. But a woman will walk in the bathroom whilst the man is waiting outside. I mean, it's happened to me many times. I'm at the airport. My wife said, I'm going to the restroom. She'll go in there and by the time she comes, she'll introduce me, this is my new friend. It's amazing. 
Some of you men are not so observant. So if you don't remember what your wife said, you're on your phone. Man, when she kept saying, honey, this is my new friend. Her name is this. She has five children. She lives in this city. And, and I said, oh, really? I said, how do you know? Oh, she says, my friend, we just met in the bathroom. <laughs> that is intercessors. They go there or they'll hear somebody's story. And all of a sudden, they begin to cry and weep for the person. Because they identify with the person's need. This is an intercessor. It's one of the prayers. Some people have that gift. They feel for people. They sense. As God says, I always sought for a man who is standing in the gab. Somebody who can stand in and protect the people. Protect and literally pacify my anger so I will not strike the people. You see, intercessors are one of the greatest, some of the greatest people on earth. This is a gift. If you have the gift, please use it. If you sense you have the spirit of compassion and you feel for people, their problems keeps you up, you are an intercessor. Use that wisely and you'll be amazed what God will do for you. The third prayer is a prayer of faith. Prayer on faith. Some people have this gift of faith. When they speak, things happen. They not only believe in God, but they speak in faith. And what they declare happens. That is why when you are sick, you don't have to stay home. You have a church like Faith Church. Wow. Faith Church. There's a gift here. There's a gift of faith in this house. Not only are you seeing people saved. Not only are you building the, a strong family, not only are you reaching out to the nations, there's faith in this atmosphere. Faith church. And what does faith do? It says, is any among you suffering? That's what the Bible says in James chapter 5, 13 to 15. Let him pray. Is anyone suffering? Let him pray. But the important thing that I like is verse 15. He says, and the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he'll be forgiven. Faith has the ability to heal the sick. And faith has the ability to cause others who have sinned against God to be forgiven. That's another form of prayer. Some people have the gift of faith. They believe when others doubt. They believe when others don't even see anything. But they see the outcome. They see something positive coming out. That's a prayer of faith. That's a third prayer. So the first prayer is what? Speak loud. Come again. And the second one? Come again. One more time. Now, I want you to take notes. Make notes because it's going to help you down the road. You can't retain everything in one hearing or one sitting. And whenever Pastor Frank is preaching, please, or any of the pastors are preaching, for that matter, make notes. And when you go, make reference. Read it over so it will get into your spirit. You can't catch it at once. Make notes. It's very important. The, the fourth prayer is what we call corporate prayer. Corporate prayer. This is what happened in Acts when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that they were together in one place. And they prayed in one accord. That is a corporate prayer. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 10, don't neglect the assembling of yourselves together. 
as the manner of some is, because the time is very short. Coming together corporately in prayer causes things to happen. It is the corporate prayer that caused the earth to shake. Corporate prayer is a prayer that releases the breaker anointing, which shows God's power. Corporate prayer is key, and the devil is afraid of corporate prayer. So what will he do? He will keep us independent, he will keep us apart, and keep us from coming together. The Bible says that when two shall agree, as touching anything corporately and praying, it shall be done by our Father in heaven. We need to understand the importance of corporate prayer. You cannot be a Christian and be a solutionist. You have to come together. And as a church, let's keep this in mind. As a church, we should always make it a point that whenever there's a specific or special need and the church calls us to pray, we should come together and pray with one voice, in one accord, with one spirit to get the kind of results we need. It's one of another form of prayer. The corporate prayer is very important. What did the Bible says? If my people are called by my name, shall humble themselves, seek my face and pray. Come together. When you see division in our society, division in our communities, division in our country, it's because the believers are divided. If we can come together in one accord, things what happen. Can I submit to you some of the challenges that we are even having today in our Congress and having today in our government is because the believers in Congress, they are against each other. And if those who are working together are against each other, how are we going to find victory and peace? This is the first time in our history. We are in a mess. We are in a big mess. And let me tell you honestly, there are believers in Congress. They believe in Jesus. How come that they can't put the differences aside and come together and pray for God's intervention until we all come to the unity of faith and get a result that we need? Listen, no amount of legislation can change nothing when believers refuse to do their duty. Prayer can move not only the hand of God, but prayer can stop the enemy in the truck. We need a corporate prayer. That's why Jesus said, Lord, make them one. Make them one. If two shall agree, two shall agree, two shall agree. That is why the Tower of Babel was a threat to God. Because he said, if these people are of one mind, determined to do this, nothing can stop them. That's unity in prayer. I'll come back to that shortly. So you see the corporate prayer. Now, the fifth prayer is praying in the spirit. Ooh, I like that. Mm-mm-mm. Some of you remember five, six, ten years ago, you used to pray a lot in the spirit. Now you begin to even backslide in your prayer language. You need to get back to it again. Because that is a language the devil don't understand. It is not gibberish. It is praying in the spirit. We call it praying in tongues. When you are baptized in the Holy Ghost, 
with the Holy Spirit. He helps you because at times you even don't know what to say. But when you, you, you switch, you confuse the devil. You confuse the demons. You confuse the challenges around you. It's one another form of prayer. That is what the disciples had. They pray in the spirit. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it helps your prayer life. It helps your prayer life. It helps your prayer life. Your prayers are not prayed organized. It comes from a deep place. Because the deep calls to the deep. And tongues is a, is a, is a language that is deep. It's deep, deep, deep. Your mind cannot phantom. When you speak in tongues, you even, I mean, you feel not only empowered, you feel like, man, I'm something great. I mean, you say, man, this is not a learned language. It was a gift. It was a release of God when the Spirit came upon me. And when you pray in the Spirit, the devil say to his demons, watch out, watch out, don't get close. Don't get close. She will hurt you. Don't go close. So don't stop praying in the spirit. You got it? Use it. I said, you got it what? I can't hear you. Some of you are too religious. Talk to me, man. You got it what? Use it. Say like you got the Holy Ghost. You got it what? Use it. When was the last time you used your prayer language? Some of you, you don't remember the last time you used your prayer language. You don't remember the last time you used your prayer language. Use it. The devil fears tongues. Because you are speaking mysteries unto God. Not to man. It's mysteries. Mysteries. One syllable could mean... 10,000 words that literally destroy Satan's plans. Pray in the Holy Ghost. The Bible tells us. Pray earnestly. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. That's another form of prayer. It's very key. It's very key. When you pray in the Spirit, your weakness is helped. That's what the Bible says. When you pray in the spirit, or you pray in tongues, the Bible says your spirit prays. Your mind does not understand or does not literally gain the natural benefits. We pray too much with our natural knowledge. We should pray in the spirit from time to time. Amen? Amen. The sixth Prayer is a prayer of thanksgiving. Prayer of thanksgiving. You know what the Bible tells us in Psalm 100 verse 4? Enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. And into his courts with what? Praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. It's, a, it's, it's a, another form of prayer. You always have to pray prayer of thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you for giving me life. Thank you for the breath. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my church. Thank you for my pastor. Thank you for my children. 
Thank you, Lord God, for my community. Thank you, Lord God, for our worship team. Thank you, Lord God, for those who work in the nursery. Thank you, oh Lord God, for those who are actually working behind the scenes. The, I mean, the goodies. Oh, thank you, Lord, for them. Bless them. Pray the prayer offensively on a consistent basis. It's one form of prayer. Prayer offensively. People who know how to thank God in prayer get blessings without asking for. A thankful heart or a heart of gratitude causes you to outdo yourself. Prayer of thanksgiving. Some people know I'm mad of what you do for them. They will never thank you. Because they have a, they have a sense of entitlement. I deserve it. I own it. You got to do it. No, 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 no. Lord, I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. When people do small things for them, they are gra- they're grateful. They show gratitude. They show appreciation. That is why, you see, in my country, in Ghana, in Ghana, when God does something for you, you come to church with not just yourself, with your entire family, and you bring a gift of thanksgiving, and you give to the Lord. Lord, I mean, if people have babies, like people get married, they don't run off for honeymoon the same day. They will stay and go to church the Sunday. Thank God before they go away and have fun. When God bless you with a job, your first salary, your pay, I'm going to give thanks to the Lord. So they'll come and give thanks. When their children are able to finish even nursery, from one class to another, or finish college, they'll come back in appreciation. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. And they demonstrate the appreciation. Some can lay on the floor and just roll. It doesn't mean they're crazy. They are saying to God, you deserve all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Something got into my mouth. It's amazing, huh? A paper. Where did it come from? <laughs> it's called praise paper. That's amazing. That's a miracle right now. <laughs> wow! You see what happened when you're praising God? Paper just come out of your mouth. You don't know where it came from. <laughs> So show appreciation. Prayer of thanksgiving is very key. It's very important. Now the seventh prayer that is very important also is a prayer of what? Repentance. Prayer of repentance. Or in other words, confession. You have to understand as a believer, no matter how strong you are, mighty you are, you are living by the grace of God. And always remember that whenever you feel you have erred or you've gone off, you can always come and repent. That's a prayer of repentance. And the prayer of repentance is not an arrogant one. It's the most humblest one. Lord, forgive me a sinner. Lord, I've messed up. Lord, I ask you to show me kindness. Lord, I repent. I repent. I repent of my sins. I repent of my rebelliousness. I repent of my attitude. I repent of my thoughts. Oh, Lord, I repent. It's a key thing. It's one of the prayers we pray. So you may... Come to church, 
And God will remind you, you know what? On your way to the church, what did you do when that car passed you? You're on your way to church and you gave the driver your finger. And God will remind you. When God remind you immediately, repent. Oh Lord, I repent. Some people do it enough. If you nothing about it, it's normal for them. Normal for them. No. There's a prayer of what? Repentance. Number eight. The prayer of, I call it the prayer of dedication. The prayer of dedication. Now those of you that God had blessed with new homes, you remember that when you had the home, before you finally settled in the home, you either ask the pastor or one of the pastors or your, with your family, you dedicated the house unto the Lord. When this building was erected, I remember before, during, and after. But it's amazing, when this building was finally here, got here, I believe we had a very amazing dedication service where we asked the Lord to take control of this place and we made this house completely the house of prayer for all nations. You dedicate, I mean, your children to God. You dedicate your marriage to the Lord. You dedicate your business to God. Whenever God brings you to certain important places of life, please remember the prayer of dedication. When God called you into ministry, what do you do? Father, I dedicate myself to you. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my gifts. I give you my talents. I dedicate all this to you, Lord. Use it for your glory. I dedicate my children to you, Lord. I pray that my children will grow in the admonishing of the Lord. They will not go to the left. They will not go to the right. But they will stay focused and committed to the Lord. Lord, keep them from bad company. Keep them from evil. Preserve them. Is prayer of what? Dedication. It is very important. The ninth one is called the prayer of imprecation. We call it, I mean, the prayer of judgment. That prayer, you don't use it often. You don't use it often because if you don't know, and I mean, uh, and you use it often, you, you're going to hurt people. Some people use this kind of prayers against the uh, people they don't like. Lord, the, the, my boyfriend left me. Kill him, Lord. Kill him, Lord. Stop that. <laughs> <laughs> kill him, he hurt me, he broke my heart, Lord, kill him. And there's some parents who even just say, pray that the Lord kill him, I'll support you. Kill him, kill him. He fired me on the job. He fired me on the job. I've just gotten this little altercation with the, my boss, and my boss fired me, Lord. I just pray. Some people, that's why God doesn't answer all prayers. That's perfect implication. That means God, you pray judgment. This person doesn't like me. I know he doesn't like me, Lord. I just pray that as they come, their nose will turn, their teeth will fall off, their hair will... I mean, stop those prayers. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's a prayer of judgment. Remember, believers have authority. They have serious authority. That There are certain things that if they pray, it will happen. You remember... When Paul was being disturbed by the girls who was, I mean, I mean, um, had the spirit and followed Paul all along, he rebuked the spirit out of the girl. 
That's why at times it is dangerous to attack men and women of God. You see, the biggest challenge that we have is between our nose and our chin is our mouth. There are some people you don't mess with. Watch it. There are some people <laughs> telling you. There are some people you don't mess with. Though. That's why we have to be careful what you say. Because what you come out of your mouth, man, it can bless and it can curse. You know how many people have cursed their children? You will not amount to anything. And the prayer is working. Watch it. The prayer of implication. I pray that you will be poor the rest of your life. Because you, you mean, when we divorced, I mean, you took 60% and you only gave you 40%. So you get broke the rest of your life. Stop those prayers. Stop those prayers. That's why we have to love our enemies and bless them and curse them not. Why did he say curse them not? Because if you curse them, it will work. It will work. I know firsthand experience. It will work. That's why God says, vengeance is mine. I'll repay. Don't mess with it. Don't implicate. Don't hurt people. Use your mouth to bless. Don't use your mouth to curse. I will handle them. Don't get away with this. That is why you're going to see when I come to the 11th and 12th, the 11th particular and the 12th, you understand, the 11th one, you understand. You see, when you learn how to use the prayer properly, you don't pronounce judgment on people. You don't curse people. They don't like God. They don't love God. So I curse them. No, no, no. Don't do that. Bless them and ask the Lord to save them. This is what you and I supposed to do. Prayer of implication. It's in the Bible. Then number 10. The prayer of unity. Prayer of unity. I like that part. We have to pray. You see, praying, corporate prayer is separate from the prayer of unity. Prayer of unity is a prayer that we pray when we realize that we are not on the same page. That's what First Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10 says. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no division in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thoughts, and purpose. This is a prayer we have to keep praying. Lord, keep us united. Keep this church united. And it's my prayer. I belong to Faith Church. I'm a member of Faith Church. My prayer is that God keep us united. Keep us united. So every gift will complement your works. Keep us united. So when one is hurting, we all hurt. Keep us united. So when one is victorious, we all celebrate. Keep us united. So when one gets saved, heaven rejoice, but we will not let heaven outdo us. We will rejoice with the, salva- uh, the salvation of the Lord. Lord, keep us united. This is the prayers we pray at home. We pray in church. We pray with our families. We pray with our friends. Keep us united. We pray with our spouses, with our children. Lord, keep us united. 
Keep us united. Keep us, Lord, united. It goes a long way. When you learn how to pray, these prayers that I've mentioned, great things happen to you. The eleventh one is a prayer of binding and losing. Oh, I like that part. Binding and losing. The prayer of binding and losing. That is a prayer that you pray to exercise your kingdom authority. The prayer of binding and losing. You know, Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus says, Behold, I give you power. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the works of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That is the, the binding authority. I've given you power. Whenever you put your foot down, the enemy will bow. Whenever you raise your voice, the forces will back off. Whenever you declare, heaven backs you up. That's prayer of binding and losing. And you know what he says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 18 to 20. Jesus when he said, whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. This is the kind of prayer that authenticates your kingdom authority. Your kingdom authority. Your kingdom authority. Whatever you bind on earth. Oh, whatever you bind on earth. You know, I've been in places where people used to say, well, this is a demon, this demon. And I said, I said there's demons nowhere to play. But whenever I show up, they know who is in charge. They said, man, aren't you afraid of the devil? I said, how can I be afraid of the devil? God has not given me the spirit of fear. But of power, love, and a sound mind. Where there is fear, there is every evil work. Fear is not of God. Whosoever has fear is not made perfect in love. Because perfect love casts out fear. God has not given me fear. So why should I let the enemy put fear in my heart? I can bind the spirit of fear. I can bind the spirit of doubt. I can bind the forces of evil. I can bind the demons. I can bind all the authority of the enemy. Why? Because the Lord God has given me the authority. And this is a prayer. And it, 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 I mean, this is a prayer I use whenever I feel the heat is on. Or when I feel I'm in a serious contention with the forces of evil. I bind the devil. When I bind the devil... I see in my mind the effect of it. When I speak, and that's what you should learn to do. When you speak, you should believe in what you are saying and see the effect of what you're saying. Because, you see, you have to learn to have a mental picture of what you're praying about. If you are sick and you are praying for healing and you can't see yourself healed, then what's the purpose of prayer? If you are praying that God should give you safe journey back home and you cannot envision yourself getting in the car and getting home safe, then what's the purpose of your words? 
if you can envision that this mountain shall be removed, oh my God, and cast into the sea, and you proclaim it, it will be so. When you pray, believe, and it shall be. What you don't believe cannot happen. It's the same way as whatever you don't honor or appreciate can never be a blessing to you. Whatever you don't appreciate will not be a blessing to you. You have to believe. And the last one I want to talk about is the prayer of blessing. Oh, I like that part. And I left that for last. The prayer of blessing. That is the prayer Jabez prayed. I mean, First Chronicles 4.10. The prayer of blessing. You have, don't be shy. Ask the Lord, God bless me. Bless my children. Bless my family. Bless my church. Bless my community. Bless my friends. You have to proclaim blessings. Can I have a good amen? The prayer of Jabez was simple. He said, God bless me. Number one. Number two, he said, God, enlarge my territory. Number three, God, let your hand be with me. And number four, God, keep me from harm and free from pain. This is a prayer of blessing. So you have to understand that different forms of prayer and all these prayers works. And for the sake of time, I'll wrap up here. But I want to offer prayer and I want to pray. And I want you to just see example of how I will pray. You see, you don't have to literally go into the dictionary and grammatize your prayer. That doesn't work. Prayer is something that comes from the heart. And I just want to give you a practical example of it. Shall we stand? And watch this. Because I said prayer is communication, talking with God. Talking to God. You know, I know from time to time we forget and we pray so choreographed prayer. Oh God, and we say the oh God many times, 50 times. No, I mean it's conversation. If you know him and he knows you and you know how to talk to each other, it's simple. And that's why I don't ever go to God. You see, you shout at the devil, but you never shout at God. God, I keep put you in remembrance. Wait a minute. Who forgets? You are God. You're going to remind God? Why well, the Bible says, put me to remembrance. Put yourself to remembrance. Say, God, your word says. Because God doesn't forget anything that he said. So watch this. Raise your hand. Don't close your eyes. Just watch me. For example, practically, Father, we thank you. What a joy to be alive. Today we are here learning about how to talk to you. So Lord, teach us practically how to be able to express ourselves to you. Because you want us to be so authentic, so natural, yet supernatural. So Lord, let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our heart Lord, let it be acceptable to you. And there are so many things we don't understand. You know it all. You've got everything under control. And since your promise is that you will guide us 
and protect us. We trust your word for it. And we believe you do exactly as you said. Keep us through this month and the months to come. Protect us from harm and danger. And whatever the enemy plan for evil, for our sake, turn it around for good. Bless us with life, strength, healing, peace, and joy. And cause us to see your miracle this week. We thank you. We bless you. And we love you. Because we knew you first loved us. Thank you for being in our lives. And Lord, when we say amen, we confirm that let it be. Thank you. Because we ask it in the name that you authorized to grant us the answers. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now the watch. You put us together, that's okay. The watch. So after that, you don't walk off. You just wait. God will always drop a word in your spirit. After you talk to him, that's what it is. Whenever you engage somebody in conversation and you expect their feedback, when you say it, God will not say a long sentence. It will be simple words like, I hear you. I got your back. It is well. That's how God starts speaking to us. Prayer is meant that when you speak to him, he should speak back to you. Can I have a good amen? amen. Keep talking to God because he's waiting to hear your voice. I love you. God bless you. We'll see you again.